Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your baby is sick and you don't know how to help her. After all, most medications you can buy at the drugstore aren't made for infants, especially the littlest ones. So what are some natural or homeopathic remedies that can help your baby start feeling better? And how do you know what's safe to give your baby and what's not? On today's show, you'll hear from mamas who have been there before you, as well as a pediatrician and homeopath who will be offering her expert tips. This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop, seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm Natalie Gross mom to a three-year-old boy and a girl on the way. We've got a great show today talking about natural healing and homeopathy. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which keeps you updated on all the episodes we release each week. Another great way to stay updated is to hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you're looking for a way to get even more involved with our show, then check out our membership club. It's called Mighty Moms. That's where we chat more about the topics discussed here on our show And it's also an easy way to learn about our recordings so you can join us live. Now let's meet the parents joining our conversation today. Ladies, tell us your name, location, and a little bit about your family to start with. Sure. My name is Paula Brown. I've got three kids. We live just north of Houston in Texas, and um, we love homeopathy. Hi, I'm Rebecca Landowski, mom to five in Watertown, Wisconsin. I've got three boys, ages seven, five, and five months, and two girls uh, that are four and two. And we are just learning about homeopathy and excited to learn more today. And hi, I'm Octavia Cross. We're a military family that recently relocated to sunny Florida. And I have two littles, a five and a half year old son and a two year old daughter. Well, thank you all so much for being here today. And kind of as you mentioned, I know you're all in various stages of your journeys to learn more about natural healing, and we'll kind of get into more of that later on the show. But before we take a quick break, I would love to know how you decided that pursuing natural remedies was right for your kids and your family. Paula, do you want to start? Yeah. So for me, I kind of learned the hard way. I developed um, some pretty bad chronic problems, um, interstitial cystitis for one of my bladder dermographia, which is an itching all over my body, um, celiac disease, just a whole smorgasbord of autoimmune diseases. And it was all triggered from antibiotic use. For infections, I did have UTIs leading up to it, to these diagnoses. And so um, I began to realize that the options, you know, conventional medicine was offering me weren't going to work. And so my husband and I spent 
you know, a good $60,000 and, you know, going on almost 10 years um, trying to cure me. Once I found homeopathy, I began to learn about the principles behind this medicine. And it went beyond just learning about natural remedies and why, you know, why we want to just avoid them. You know, it's not just taking Arnica instead of Advil. There are some real principles that led me to that point of being very chronically ill. And I wanted to avoid um, those pitfalls for my children and my family. So, um, you know, that's really my chronic illness is what drove me to that today. I consider myself fully cured from um, the most debilitating of them. Um, I don't eat gluten and some of those things, but homeopathy, working with a professional homeopath really uprooted those chronic things. And thankfully, my family, my kids and I and my husband, um, I think we're going on 10 years now that we've never taken a single over-the-counter or prescription medication because homeopathy has been able to help us through all of those things. And we've been plenty sick. We've had all kinds of infections and illnesses, you know, normal family stuff. We live on a homestead, so we have a lot of opportunity to get scrapes and, you know, cuts and, um, you know, the flu, all, all kinds of things. And we've been really grateful for homeopathy. That's so interesting. Thank you for sharing. Rebecca? I am actually really lucky. My parents were into homeopathy a lot when I was growing up. So I have a little bit of background with that. Um, but now that I'm my own mom, just being able to look at the holistic approach, which I feel like a lot of pediatricians and doctors in general miss, uh, just the care of the whole body. So you do end up with um, a lot more issues with that because you treat one part and not the rest of it. So you end up medicating for the symptoms and side effects. And we just really don't like hospitals in general. So it was easy to get my husband on board with that. <laughs> Octavia? Yes. And I feel like my story is fairly similar. I've never really been drawn to um, medicines if I could avoid them. But when I was pregnant with my first son, I knew I wanted to have a natural birth. Um, so I started uh, looking up methods. And we ended up going with the Bradley method that really helped educate me on um, my body and the birthing process. And that was really the start of my natural journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on Newbies, we're talking about natural and homeopathic remedies that are safe to use with your babies. Our expert today is Dr. Iwana Razi. She is an MD and homeopath based in Washington, D.C. Dr. Razi, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to Newbies. Thank you for having me. Thank you for asking. Well, I think we should start by kind of defining what homeopathy is for listeners out there who may not be familiar with it. So would you mind giving us a brief overview? Yes. And thank you for asking that question, because many, many people do not know what it is. The founder of homeopathy, as we know it today, is a man called Samuel Hahnemann, who lived turn of the, ninth, of the 18th century into the 19th. And he was very disappointed with the state of medicine at the time, as probably many physicians were. And he was really looking to see 
if God had not given some law whereby the disease of mankind would be cured. You know, he wasn't finding it. And then he read a text by a a well-known British physician by the name of William Cullen. And there was this phrase about cinchona bark, quinine, that cured malaria because it was bitter and astringent. And at that time, quinine bark was really a great cure for malaria, and malaria was rampant. And it was one of these things that actually worked. So Hahnemann was just thinking, it's not because it's bitter and astringent. I wonder why it is. And he literally decided to chew the bark. And lo and behold, he developed a kind of the kind of achiness that people have when they have malaria, the kind of headaches. And he was astonished. It was like he was producing malaria in himself. And he was an educated man, and he remembered that from the old Hindu tradition, from Hippocrates, and also from Paracelsus, who was a physician in the 16th century, they all talked about that something that could cause an illness could cure it. So this idea of a similimum, something similar. So he was intrigued. He thought, okay, I'm going to give this bark to people in my family and to friends. And he was very much of a scientist. So he asked them to chew some until they developed symptoms. And as soon as they developed symptoms, they had to write down what their symptoms were. And they all had similar symptoms. Some had to eat a little bit and some had to eat quite a bit more. And interestingly, those who only needed a little bit tended to have more symptoms. So there was a sensitivity. So he wrote this up as, if you want, it's like human toxicology. What did what does this substance cause in healthy people? And over the course of his lifetime, and he died when he was 88, he proved 99 substances. And they were substances that were commonly used in medicine at the time. And only with quinine, with this bark, did was the medicine, the, the proving was what the medicine was actually being used for. None of the other provings had anything to do with how those medicines were used. So he went back into practice and said, if people come in acting as if they are intoxicated, by a substance that I know, I'm going to treat them with that substance. And he did, and it worked, except that there was a period of severe aggravation. Like after they took this similar substance, they got much, much worse. And then they got much better. His overall success was excellent. So he thought maybe they don't need as much. And so he diluted one to a hundred to one one hundredth the amount that he used and he shook it up a hundred times. So this was a typical way that medicines were, were diluted at the time that you would dilute and shake. We call this potentizing. And what he found was that with each subsequent dilution, people 
continued to get better, but their aggravation was less. And so that's this law of potentization. He always used one remedy, the similimum, the patient's symptoms that were the closest to approving. And so we've got these three things, the law of similars, the law of potentization, and and the single remedy. And that is the fundamental basis for homeopathy. There have now been provings of several thousand substances. Most of them are plants, some are minerals, and some are poisons, like, for example, the venom of a bee. So I think that's the definition. Thank you so much. Well, you're a medical doctor, a pediatrician, and a homeopath. And I think, you know, many people think of traditional medicine and homeopathy as an either or, but how can the two work together? How do you use the two in your practice and what's the right balance? You know, I have a mandate to be safe and to do no harm. And I really have not found it so difficult to do both things. And I have a I have a primary care practice. Most of my patients have a knowledge and an interest in homeopathy, but some don't. And some have been very clear they don't want any homeopathy, but they see me because I speak French or Greek. So I really have a very broad base of patients. And as I take patients and families into my practice, I tell them, you know, I'm a traditionally trained board certified pediatrician, and I have a strong knowledge and interest in homeopathy, and I will always have that going on in my mind. I mean, I hope you have that interest and are open to it. And then I also tell them that I have a strong interest in nutrition and other forms of natural medicine, and that I will always try to do what is safe and best in the immediate and in the long run. What are some of the most common natural or homeopathic remedies that are safe to use with infants, say for the common cold, for example? So all of them are safe. All of the homeopathic remedies are safe because their their level of dilution is extremely high, and so they're never toxic. I just want to be very clear about that. People who are not familiar with homeopathy may see the name of the medicine like belladonna and fear that it is toxic, but it would not be on the shelf if it was in a dosage that was toxic. But most physicians don't know that. So when parents talk to their doctors or to their to an emergency room, they 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 look up things on poison control and there's there's no reason to. So it's a little tricky. It's not commonplace that the medical profession knows what I've just told you. Okay. Now, you asked me the question, like, what are the common ones? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we'll definitely get into more of the controversy later in the show. But It is important, though, because parents listening to this, they, anyway, they, they, they'll encounter that right away. So there's a remedy that's called aconitum, and it is often the first remedy that is thought of because it's for things that come on pretty quickly, usually after exposure to cold wind. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you, 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 you can tell your child's changing. 
oftentimes they get a quick fever and oftentimes they have a quick cough that sounds rough like croup. So that's one of the very common remedies that we use at the very onset of colds. The other one is called ferrum phosphoricum. So it's made from a, an iron salt. That is a kind of slower onset cold where the children begin to be a little flush and a little bit runny nose and a little bit like sensitive to touch, to being moved quickly, to noise. And there is a typical thing where you think maybe they're getting sick when they go to bed, but that they wake up at four in the morning and they have an earache. And it's a remedy that can be very, very helpful in that setting. Another kind of slow onset cold is a plant remedy that's called gelsemium. And it's a bit of a cold flu remedy because the person feels chilly, quiet, tired, weak, and kind of droopy lid, you know, like heavy lids, a drop in thirst, and a very low-grade fever. But it's almost like it's like the beginning of a more of a flu than of a cold, even though there can be a little bit of, a, of cold symptoms. So those are three common cold remedies. And a last very common cold remedy that we use in children, again, a plant, is called pulsatilla or pulsatilla nigra. And it's the, the nose is running. There's kind of thick white or yellow stuff coming out that is bland. The, the, the skin under the nose is not getting all chafed. And the child is changeable, sometimes in a good mood, sometimes off. They love to be held. They like to be stroked. And they especially like to be taken outside. They're just, they feel better and they're consistently better outdoors. So that's a little intro to the colds, the common remedies for colds. Yeah, thank you. In your experience, is there anything that parents have confused maybe for a natural or homeopathic remedy that is actually not safe for babies? Anything parents need to kind of be wary of? So one, you know, you know, Tylenol is called little remedies. Infant Tylenol is called Little Remedies in the store. And so people think they're giving something homeopathic when they're giving Tylenol. I'm not saying that Tylenol is dangerous, but I'm just saying the word remedy is being used a lot, actually. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't have a better answer than that. That's okay. I mean, just something for parents to be aware of. Now, lastly, Dr. Rousey, is homeopathy for every child or just babies who are typically healthy? What about babies with like a chronic illness or something like that? Can they use this as well? Absolutely. It can be used by anybody at any age. And it can be used acutely. It can be used chronically. And it can also be used in palliation, like, you know, a, a child undergoing very severe treatment like chemotherapy with side effects. There are certain remedies that can be, that can be very, very helpful to prevent side effects or, yeah, you know, like nausea, uh, extreme weakness and fatigue. 
Well, thank you so much, Dr. Rossi. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to keep hearing from Dr. Rossi and our parents, Paola, Rebecca, and Octavia. We are continuing our discussion with Dr. Rossi and our panel of moms today. Moms, before I get into some more questions, do you have any thoughts on what we've just heard from our expert? Yeah, I'd like to jump in and share a few of my thoughts. I would add and say that homeopathy is probably even more appropriate for some of our sickest patients, our sickest people, like vulnerable populations, grandparents, elderly babies, because it is so incredibly safe. It's the safest group of drugs that the FDA regulates an incredibly safe um, system of medicine because because of what she said, it's so dilute. And so I gravitate to it almost as a first option above above anything else because um, because it is so safe and it has, you know, it's been used for 200 years and never has a homeopathic remedy been pulled off the market because of any risks or concerns, you know, and that's a pretty impeccable track record for something that's been out for so long. Whereas, you know, in, in pharmaceutical medicine, um, you know, things get pulled off the market every year, you know, many things do. Um, and then for me, you know, to kind of get my head wrapped around homeopathy as a mom, it really became an exercise of observing. So um, Dr. Razi was talking about different remedies and the symptoms that are associated to it. And so you basically what I did as a mom is I began to kind of memorize the keynote symptoms to some of the top most common remedies. So one of the first remedies I learned about was a remedy called belladonna. And I learned that the keynotes were red, hot, throbbing, and a high fever, you know, 103 or above. And and then one day my son came down with these symptoms. His face was bright red. He, he talked about he could hear his heartbeat in his head. He was little. He didn't know the word throbbing. He could hear his heartbeat. I took his temperature and it was pretty dang high. And um, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, these remind me of the keynote symptoms to belladonna. And so then I gave him the homeopathic remedy, Belladonna, um, you know, and, and if you've ever seen him at Whole Foods, they, they have those little blue tubes. And if you shake them, you can hear the little pellets, their little round pellets. So you put it under their tongue, like you twist the lid so that the pellet falls into the lid and you pour the, the pellet from the lid under the tongue. And so I gave it to my son. And um, what's interesting is like when you give something like acetaminophen, you're expecting the fever to go down right away because it's supposed to reduce it. In homeopathy, it's working with your body. So I didn't expect my son's fever to go away right away, although I, I wish it would. I wanted it to because <laughs> I was worried about him or whatever, you know. But really what I saw happen is he fell into a really deep, restful sleep. And what the homeopathic remedy did is it helped his body fight off the illness and work smarter and better. And so I had that patience. I kept him hydrated. You know, you have to do all those good practices when you have a high fever, hydration. You know, you don't want them listless. And, and especially like very small babies, you have to be very concerned if it's a high fever. But this was a toddler. He was a big kid and he had lots of water in him. And so I just watched him for a day, a day and a half. Honestly, I was super stressed because this was my first time trying something like a high fever without using something like acetaminophen. But he did great. And he got on the other side of it better, strong, and, um, you know, developed kind of everything his body needed to do to overcome that illness. And that's really what homeopathy is for my family is it, it's like an educator. It teaches our body how to respond appropriately to illness without needing all those chemical interventions. So I'm not sure if that helps, but as a mom, that's kind of how I translated what she was talking about. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's so helpful. And that kind of gets into my very next question. I was going to ask you, moms, what are some of your favorite natural healing or homeopathic remedies that you've used and any success stories that you want to share? So Paula, that's great. Octavia or Rebecca, do you want to share? I'll go ahead and go. I mean, I've been learning a lot as I've been listening, um, but one of my go-tos is definitely essential oils. Um, I was able to learn about them from a few moms, um, you know, being a first time mom at the time, I was really leaning on my community, on my support networks, on how they were um, dealing with certain sicknesses and illnesses because I knew I didn't want to give um, my son traditional medicine. So when I came across essential oils, it sounded like something that um, was worth a try. Um, when diluted, um, it's very safe, depending on, you know, the oil. You do have to do your research on each each oil and where it's safe to apply and, and how much. But once I learned about that, I started using them on myself first and then um, on my son to cure different things like when he would get common colds or um, just other discomforts. And we've never had a problem with it. So I want to jump in and just do a clarification. And I think this is something that's really common with parents and moms. Um, homeopathy is often thought of as being like synonymous with um, all natural medicines. Like Octavia was talking about essential oils. I love essential oils. I have a whole stash of them. I don't know how many you have, Octavia. I have like, I don't know, like a hundred. <laughs> I have a lot of them. Well, maybe not that much, but um, and they're awesome and they're so wonderful, but they are not actually homeopathic medicines. Um, so that's definitely something that I want to clarify. Um, homeopathy, it's kind of like saying, you know, we would never say acupuncture is essential oils and we would never say, you know, acupuncture is herbalism. Um, they're all kind of their own thing under the big umbrella of natural medicine. Homeopathy is its own distinctive thing that stands alone. And, you know, like, I think that's why it has such an amazing safety profile is because it's so unique and, di and it's incredibly dilute. Like I've seen people use natural medicines, not necessarily essential oils, but different natural medicines, and they've taken too much of it or, and they've caused problems. But um, because homeopathy is so incredibly dilute and its manufacturing process is overseen by the FDA, it's very, very safe. You can't like overdose on it or anything like that because of that manufacturing process. They put the medicine on these little white pellets that are about the size of like BB guns, BB, BB gun pellets or, you know, um, they have different sizes. But that's that is what homeopathy is. And you can find that at like a natural health store like Whole Foods and they'll have a case of them where they sell the individual remedies or sometimes they'll sell you like um, a, like a, a bottle that's like cold calm where they've put a few homeopathic remedies onto the tablets in there. So I want to add one more thing. If you get the, if you choose the right remedy, the similum, the similum for the symptoms of the patient, it will work. If you don't, it simply doesn't work. Also, it just doesn't work. It, it so but it doesn't do anything wrong. It just doesn't work. And the other thing is, is that kids get into stuff and kids can swallow, take the entire tube of something. And I mean, it, let, let, if, it, if they're sick and it's their correct remedy, it will work. But if it doesn't work, it's not going to hurt them in any form. There's not any way you can poison yourself with the contents of these tubes. And the, the pellets taste really good. And so 
it's a good idea to not keep them in children's reach, not because it's going to harm them, but because you won't have them when you need them. Okay. Let me, I just want to jump in and say, um, yeah, thank you so much for the clarification about essential oils. But I do think that, you know, that's essential oils is definitely something a lot of people have heard of and can relate to. So thank you, Octavia, for, for mentioning that as well, because that, you know, it's one of the more like natural leaning or natural healing remedies. Definitely something that I think is important to bring up in this discussion. Rebecca, did you have anything to add? Well, yeah, I was just, as I hop back on with my baby that, um, the tablets that Paula was talking about, that's what I took as a kid. And it's so encouraging and non-worrying to know as a mom of five, like I don't have to worry about my kids getting into those if they take too many. Whereas like with Tylenol or you know, ibuprofen, all of those things, you really have to be careful of what they're taking and make sure to keep them out of their way. So to be able to have those and not have to worry about them taking too many is great. Well, we kind of already started talking about this with Dr. Razi, but I know homeopathy can be a bit controversial, especially in the U.S., though I know it's more commonly used and very popular in other countries. So how do you as a pediatrician, Dr. Razi, how do you address parents or even medical colleagues, you know, questions along these lines? So I try to, I mean, I educate my parents and I want them to read. There's a book that everybody has their favorite book. My favorite book is a book by Dr. Maziman Panos, P-A-N-O-S, called Homeopathic Medicine at Home, that she wrote in conjunction with uh, Jane Heimlich, who actually is the person who figured out the Heimlich maneuver. And it's just a, it's a little, it's a handbook, but it has the history of homeopathy, and then it has the 50 top homeopathic remedies and how to use them in in the home setting, injuries, accidents, colds, flus, earaches, you know, GI problems, menstrual problems. And so I try to have my families have this book or a similar one so that they themselves are educated. With my colleagues, I have to say, with my medical colleagues, I have to say I'm amazed at how uninterested they are. Even when they're very happy to cross cover by patients because they are tend to be very healthy and do well and have a good common sense approach to when, when there's illness, but they never really are interested in knowing why. I'm using the word never, maybe it's not never, never, but very rare interest. I think it's like so different conceptually that it's hard to believe that it could be anything but placebo. And they're, they don't want to go there. I'm respected as a physician in my community. And I do try to educate my colleagues about homeopathy. But there really is very little interest at, 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 a, at, a, at a professional level. Well, you know, moms, have you run into any pushback from family or friends um, with using some of these like natural healing or homeopathic remedies? And how did you handle that? I find that there is a mentality today um, in the term, you know, trust the science and, and kind of these big, these big ideas out there about what is and what isn't. Ultimately, for me, what I tell people when they have their doubts about homeopathy, you know, if they're really resistant, I'm like, don't use it. You can just keep taking your, your antibiotics, your, you know, your antipyretics, all of, you can take all those chemicals. It's totally up to you. And I support you and do what you think is right for you. But 
you know, for me, I'm a busy, busy mom. I run a small business. I run a nonprofit. I run another small business. I volunteer at my church. I homeschool. I have a homestead. We milk a cow. I do not have time for something that doesn't work and something that doesn't work quickly and effectively. I don't have time for it. And, um, and it's incredibly safe. You know, I, I just have so many stories of, of family members. I, I mean, once I was outside working on some farm equipment, I cut my hand on some metal. Um, and in very short order, I had a little bit of blood poisoning, a red line going up my hand. I'm very intolerant to antibiotics. My doctors have said I need to avoid it at all costs. And so I worked with my homeopath. And, and by the next morning, that red line was completely gone. You know, homeopathy is very powerful medicine. And so that's kind of what I tell people when, when they have their doubts or their controversy. I'm like, look, if you're really interested, just know that when the correct remedy is selected, it will act and it will work. I guess I reached the point of just not being willing to take the antibiotics anymore and to kind of march to the beat of the, the conventional drum, you know, because I saw the damage that it did to my life and to my family's life. And so I just tell people, you know, give it a chance, give it the same amount of opportunities you would give your doctor. If I went to my doctor and he gave me like an antibiotic and it didn't work, I'd go back for another one. And then if that didn't work, I'd probably go back a few more times. You know, I said, give homeopathy the same chance that you give conventional medicine um, work with someone if if it's totally new, you know, find a, a homeopath like Dr. Joanna and, and give it a chance. But for me, ultimately, I don't have time to waste on something that doesn't work or something that's dangerous, quite honestly, because if, when you're using something that's killing off your gut bacteria and giving you more, um, you know, over over time, more problems that that takes time away from you. And I'm just I'm just so thankful for homeopathy. And, you know, the many, many times it's helped me and my family, like I said avoid conventional medicine, you know, for 10 years. Now, of course, there's a time and a place for conventional medicine. I'm very willing to go and get an antibiotic or whatever we need to do if, the, if that day comes, but I just haven't needed to. And that's wonderful. That's very empowering and, and great for our health. So um, yeah, that, that, that means a lot to me as a mom. I love your voice, Paula. It's so strong. And, and I'm so glad that you're not a physician. Because you can have, you know, you're, you're doing what you're free to do within your home and you're doing it well. And you're also helping the world to know, you know, your, 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 your immediate world and a larger world just to know what it's like, what's like within your family. And of course, it's like that within my practice. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Rebecca and Octavia, anything to add there? I mean, Octavia, if we go back to essential oils, I know I've even heard controversy among them or, you know, people just kind of discarding them because they think they don't work. So have you kind of run into any of that pushback? I mean, I've, I've run across people when they come visit us, they're a little shocked that our medicine cabinet doesn't have any medicine. In. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> I get, you know, secondhand pushback, especially my husband's side of the family. They are a little curious as to what I'm doing since we're not treating his ailments in traditional ways, but it's worked for us. So that's the most important thing. But I will say it is important, especially with dealing with essential oils, um, because they, they can be dangerous if if you don't know like how to dilute it and which ones are hot oils and things of that nature. And I did have, you know, a slight issue where I took a, a certain oil and I didn't realize that where I was in my pregnancy, that wasn't the right type of oil for me. But I quickly um, sought my 
essential oil references and other people um, that kind of helped me with essential oils to kind of correct the issue. So it is important that you stay educated and that you do your research before using any essential oils because they they can be um, dangerous if not used properly. I actually haven't had much pushback uh, from immediate family and friends because uh, a lot of them are also on this adventure uh, into homeopathy and the natural care. Um, so it's kind of nice to actually have a support system instead of the opposite way that a lot do. Um, but it is difficult to find like a doctor or a care provider if we need something a little bit more than what we have at home. Cause that is something lacking uh, here in Wisconsin, at least in my area of Wisconsin. So I don't know if Dr. Raz, you can maybe answer um, like what, what do we look for if we go, if we have to find a, a care provider. I think you look for somebody with a good reputation and maybe there will be an openness to something alternative and maybe not. And if there isn't, you can continue to do what you're doing and use, use that your, your doctor for the things that he and he or she knows and not try to convince them of something that they have no interest for, but you know, use them for the, for, for the, there is, there are things that they can provide for you that you may not be able to do yourself. Is there a website or something where, um, I don't know, a registry for lack of a better word or a list of homeopaths where, yeah. you know, moms like Rebecca might be able to go look for, you know, resources. There are two that I know of and Paula may know more. Um, there's a website that's called, that's for the American Institute of Homeopathy. It's the oldest, um, doctor organization in the States, more older than the American Medical Association. And there is a listing of homeopathic physicians there. And there's something called the National Center for Homeopathy, which um, is, it, it is not a physician-based organization, but it's a homeopathic organization with homeopaths that aren't all MDs, but they're all very well trained. And there's a good list of homeopaths that they have. I don't know, Paula, are there other lists that I don't know about? I have a website, paulabrown.com forward slash homey. Um, I've actually collected all of the databases and, and put them together on that URL so that people can look because different databases will have, like she was just saying, the AIH, the American Institute of Homeopathy, the lists, specifically doctors and nurse practitioners. But um, there are professional homeopaths, just like there's you know, different kind of therapists out there, um, ac acupuncturists or whatever, for example. So if you go to that website, palabrown.com forward slash homey, you can um, select different directories. What's so great about homeopathy is a lot of homeopaths do actually work remote. So Rebecca, you know, if you are, if you can't find a physician who's local to you, that's kind of like Dr. Joanna Razi is kind of a unicorn in that sense that she's a pediatrician and, you know, and it would be amazing to be able to just drive over there and have her help you. But um, especially, you know, in this modern times, um, a lot of the homeopaths, especially the ones that are um, therapists, you know, like, you know, exceptionally trained, um, they will meet with you over Skype or Zoom. And so what we do is we have a local doctor. He's awesome. He's amazing. He's not very natural, but I think we have a very clear understanding that I'm the mother. He is the doctor. We work together. I do what I think is best. He's, you know, and he gives me his honest recommendations and then we sort it out, but there's no pressuring. There's no bullying on both sides. Cause I know people that will pressure their doctors. I want an antibiotic or whatever it is. And their doctor doesn't honestly think that's what they need, you know? 
So we have a really good working relationship. And so I'm very thankful for that. Sometimes I need to go to, you know, take my kid to the doctor to get more information from my doctor. And then I'll bring that information to my homeopath as we're trying to deal with something, you know, that I haven't been able to sort out at home um, on my own with my knowledge of homeopathy. I, I like to joke that I'm a mommyopath, a mom that uses <laughs> a mommyopath. So I know a lot and I can do a lot, but I do have my limitations. And that's when I will go to my homeopath. Um, my son, like recently, got this really weird rash after swimming in in our creek out back, and it like spread like crazy all over his legs. And then he's this big, you know, six two kid. He's um, fourteen now. So we were working with my homeopath, but this rash was getting ugly. And so I did. I took him to my doctor because I was worried. Is this serious? You know, what do we have? And my doctor was basically like, Yeah, it's ugly as sin, but it is not serious. <laughs> You know, and that's what I needed to know. And then I, I was able to go back to my homeopath. And then within a couple of days, we finally nailed on the right remedy. And then it just cleared up beautifully. And we didn't have to do steroids. We didn't have to do antibiotics. And so, you know, I've been able to kind of work a balance between a local doctor who's very respectful of me as a mother and my intuition and vice versa. Right. And I have a homeopath that I work with um, over the Internet. Yeah, that's really great. And that kind of goes to our earlier question about how, you know, traditional medicine or medical doctors can work, you know, kind of in concert with homeopathy. Any last comments from anyone before we wrap up? I think that for Octavia, I'd love her to go to a natural food store and look for those blue tubes and just choose one or two. Maybe one, there's one that's called Arnica Montana that we use a lot for injury and bruising. And to use it just to see what it is, that it's very, just to actually touch what these remedies are, because I, I have a feeling she hasn't touched that yet. Yes, yes, you are so right. And as I've been listening, I'm, I mean, I'm appreciative for this podcast episode because I've already been taking so many notes. I've already been Googling. <laughs> I've already been seeing the blue tubes. I'm already ready, like, you know, as soon as I get off of here <laughs> to start and see it, because I love having more options, um, because I definitely am a firm believer of seeking um, natural remedies, uh, whether it be food or oils. And now I have another tool in my toolbox. That's right. I, I would love to close with just one quick story. And I know, Rebecca, you you know Arnica. Arnica is like the first, like it's like the gateway into homeopathy. It's the first remedy and it's primarily for bruising, you know, bumps, bruises, bonks to the head, you know, and so parents, um, you know, get a lot of exposure to that. But I have this awesome story where, you know, I live in Texas and a lot of my friends, I'm not one of them, but a lot of my friends love doing the mommy makeover surgery, you know, and, um, and it's, it's a, it's a Texas thing, ladies. It's, a, I'm not into it, but it's a totally a Texas thing. And I'm also from Brazil. It's a Brazilian thing too. So I'm just, I kind of laugh, but my friend came to me. She's like, look, I'm going to have this surgery. Do you have something that I can take? And I was like, yeah, you should take Arnica after the surgery because it's great for bruising. And, um, there's other remedies too, but that one was the main one that I told her to take. And so she, after the surgery, she took it and the doctor was like, look, you're going to have to have an in-home care for a week. You won't be able to drive your car. You're going to be an eggplant from, you know, like your shoulders down to your knees. And it's going to be very painful. So my friend took this Arnica remedy. I mean, just to show you how powerful it is, she took this simple little remedy that you can get at Whole Foods and she took it and um, she only had to take like extra strength Tylenol for two days. 
And then in her two week follow up, that's when they they unwrap her for the first time and like reveal the new mommy makeover. And and so they're unwrapping her and she's like, Paula, there wasn't even a dime sized bruise on my body. The doctor's jaw fell to the floor. He brought in two other doctors and three nurse practitioners because everybody wanted to see like this woman had no bruising. And they're like, what have you done? And what's interesting is Arnica is actually very popular among plastic surgeons because it helps people recover so well. Now, you know, plastic surgery isn't something that all of us are necessarily going to do, especially in the natural health world, you know, but think about the implications this can have for actual injuries or situations that you can, um, you, you hit your head, bump, bruise, you know, um, hurt yourself. And so that's just a great remedy. Octavia, you go forth, girl, get your Arnica, have it ready. Cause the day will come where you're going to need it for that bruising. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks, Paula. Thank you, Rebecca and Octavia, our moms, and of course, our expert, Dr. Rozzi, who joined us for this episode today. So everyone be sure to check out newmommymedia.com where we have all of our podcast episodes, plus videos and more. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for expecting parents, Parent Savers for moms and dads with toddlers, The Boob Group for moms who give breast milk to their babies, and Twin Talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.